Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to details for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're doing well. John Orand, our old friend from the Sports Business Journal. He's the media reporter there. He's also the co-host of the terrific Marchand and Orand Sports Media Podcast. He's going to join us on the show this week. So much going on in the world of sports media. What is the future of the NBA media rights? The future of Apple with streaming? The Pac-12 deal? So many things going on, and we'll cover all of that with John Orand on our show today. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, before we get to that, how about some headlines? Let's do it. I, uh, by the way, John is great because I geek out on his uh, the all the TV rights deals and the stats and everything behind all the money involved with it is fascinating to me. So I always love listening to John. Yeah, it's like he sees the future. Yeah, <laughs> and he kind of knows like who the main players are involved for the potential media rights deals, and you know, he brings up such a good point, like. The NFL did their rights deal a few years ago. It's locked up for 11 years. Like so many of the media rights deals are locked up. The NBA is really the only thing this decade that is coming on the market. So it is going to be a bidding rights war. Yep. But uh, we'll go into that when we talk to John. All right. Lots of headlines this week, actually. So first, NCAA March Madness. Grig, the women outshone the men. I thought their tournament from top to bottom was better. Mm-hmm. If you look at the final four, most amount of viewers ever, um, 357,542 fans at the final four for the women in Dallas, the most they've ever had for the final four. The championship game with LSU and Iowa, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. 9.9 million people scatters all kinds of records for uh, sporting events. And, you know, that's a bigger number than a lot of the men's sporting events got. So uh, the talk of the town after this edition of March Madness is definitely the women. Oh, I agree. I think the tournament was so fun to watch from top to bottom. Great competition. I mean, it was just uh, it was just battle out there after battle after battle. I mean, we saw some amazing shooting, the double 40 point games. Uh, I mean, just all around great competition, fun to watch. I thought the tournament looked great. ESPN did a good job on coverage as they usually do. So uh, yeah, I was tuned in every game. I really liked the Bird Tarasi alternate broadcast, yeah. much like the Manning cast. 
I loved when Bird and Tarasi had their coach, Gino Oriyama <laughs> from UConn on. Yeah. You know, they had Chris Paul on. They had Dirk Nowitzki and Pau Gasol on, Simone Augustus. They had some really great guests. So I enjoyed that as well. But um, 102 points for LSU in the championship game, also a record scoring output for the women's tournament. So um, exciting basketball, 102 points in 40 minutes is, is no joke. Um, to me, the best college basketball game I saw all year wasn't that championship game. It was the semifinal game between South Carolina and Iowa. That was a classic matchup. South Carolina came in undefeated. Caitlin Clark had 40 plus points, just all kinds of drama back and forth game. Great, great basketball game close throughout. Yeah, and I think you and me early before the tournament both thought South Carolina was going to run the table and take the whole thing. Right? I know I said yep. that, and we both got embarrassed on that because, man, Iowa showed up, and then LSU was just phenomenal. And, uh, man, their scoring was un... I mean, the shooting with LSU, I've never seen so many made shots in a row. they just come down just bucket after bucket after bucket. It was so fun watching them just drain everything. It was, uh, it was just a fun tournament all the way around. All right, on the men's side, UConn ends up taking it. They beat San Diego State, which is a surprise to many that San Diego State got into the championship game. Um, good tournament for the men, but just didn't have the the compelling drama of the women to me. And frankly, you know, if you ask me at the end of the tournament, name five women's players and then name five men players, I could much more easily name five women players who captured my attention during the tournament than I could five men's players. When's the last time you said that, Greg? Yeah, that's very true. And I think uh, I think you're right. I think the men's tournament didn't really have that standout, you know, Michael Jordan type player that everybody was watching. It was kind of just a, you know, group effort from everybody. I mean, San Diego State, the reason they made it was because their bench was so good. I mean, they were scoring out, outscoring the starters for the teams they were playing. And in that championship game, they just couldn't show up. They couldn't make any, any shots. But uh, UConn, I think they won every game by 15, 20 points. They were kind of the right. favorite going through. So not surprising that they kind of blew away San Diego State. But uh Kind of wish it was more, you know, you want those close games, especially the final game. But uh, I watched, I was off and on with the women's and the men's, but uh, I agree, not not that standout, a big show from a men's team. And so long to Jim Nance. That was his last final four. Uh, Ian Eagle will be taking over for him going forward with March Madness. Uh, Griggs, this would normally be our number one headline, but it was number two this week. The NBA and its players union have reached an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. There's going to be labor peace in the NBA through the remainder of this decade. It's a seven year deal. A lot of highlights and and we'll break this down on a future show because there's a lot to break down. But here are a few of the highlights. So um, first, in an attempt to curb load management, which has been a problem for the NBA with many of their stars. You've got to play 65 games in order to qualify for all NBA teams and MVP going forward. So that's interesting. I don't know that that's really going to curb anyone from sitting out or load managing, but they did put it in there. Um, This is a headline. There's going to be an in-season tournament that could arrive as soon as the 23-24 NBA season. Um the event will include pool play games baked into the regular season schedule starting in November with eight teams advancing to a single elimination tournament in December. The final four will be held at a neutral site with Las Vegas prominent in the discussion, according to sources. So the in-season tournament, you'll hear us talk to John Oren about that. That's a new piece of inventory for the NBA. You can bet your bottom dollar that they're going to sell that 
to someone, either bake it into an existing agreement with uh, ESPN and Disney or with TNT and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, or maybe there's a streaming platform or someone else who emerges to broadcast that tournament. All right. The NBA and its Players Association agreed to uh, still continue this one and done. So there's not going to be high school players allowed to come in. You can go to the G League still and, and you know, go play overseas, but that is not going to change. Um, this is a really interesting one. So uh, the league's new collective bargaining agreement is going to give players the ability to invest in NBA and WNBA teams as well as promote and or invest in sports betting and cannabis companies. So... Um, a little bit of that has been going on, but I mean, gosh, Griggs, five years ago, like you would be banned for life, like yeah. Pete Rose, if you were investing in sports betting companies or having anything to do with them. Now you're allowed to do that. Cannabis has been removed as one of the drugs that is drug tested from the NBA. So that's now, uh, uh, you know, that's long been discussed for rest and recovery. And, um, you know, again, five, 10 years ago, that would get you in a lot of trouble. So that has changed. Um, and then I guess the other highlight of this new agreement is for the first time since the inception of the modern CBA in 1983, the team and league licensing revenue estimated to be worth $160 million for the upcoming 2023-2024 season will be added into the shared pool of BRI, that's basketball-related income, Owners and players split the BRI money and the licensing revenue is expected to grow annually with the salary cap in ensuing years. The owners always had that tilting in their direction. Um, and now that it's going to be split, that's worth a lot more money to the players. So, you know, I look at this and I see where both sides came out, like the in-season tournament. I bet players aren't super excited about that. The owners get that. It's another huge piece to go to the media rights deal with. Um, but like for the players, cannabis, you can invest in the NBA and WNBA. You can partner with sports betting companies. Like there are some real wins for the players here. I actually think it's a win that you only have to play 65 games to qualify for the postseason awards because I don't think it's that many. If they had said like, you know, 72 games, you can only miss 10 games. Um but Greg's overall, what do you think of this new uh, agreement? Yeah, I think, you know, credit to the NBA, because we talk about a lot of times about, you know, some organizations keep the same thing going for 50 years, never change anything. Right. I like how the NBA is adapting to the, to the current times with the cannabis, with the betting and all that stuff. And, you know, you got to you got to grow. You got to move into these new you know avenues of how the world's changing. So I think that's a credit to the NBA. The in-season tournament is intriguing to me. That's going to be interesting to see, see how they market that, how they play it, how the players feel about that. So I'm interested on that. I think the load management thing they're trying to do is maybe even more for the fans because everybody's just been really ripping the NBA lately on right. players not showing up. So I think that might be something to try and get the fans a little bit off like, OK, hey, they're finally doing something for the load management. But uh, yeah, overall, hey. They, they got it done. There's not going to be a strike. We like hearing that. So they'll bring on the NBA. Let's see what happens. Well, and look, we're a sports business show. So we'd be stupid not to point out like the NBA athletes are really good athlete CEOs for the most part. Right. So 
some of these things are really encouraging them to be athlete CEOs even more, like the ability to invest in NBA and WNBA teams or cannabis companies or sports betting companies. Like it's, it's actually going to generate even more activity there, you would think, from players investing their money back into some of these companies. Um, so I think that's exciting too. All right, several more headlines. There's two six billion dollar bids for the NFL's Washington Commanders. So keep in mind, the record sales price for a North American sports team, 4.65 billion in 2022, the Denver Broncos. So this would shatter that price at $6 billion. And there's two bids for Dan Snyder to consider. One is from Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos. He has submitted a fully funded $6 billion offer. He, like I said, Canadian billionaire. The other group is Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and they've pulled Magic Johnson into their group. So you've got these two groups, and it's going to be up to Dan Snyder to consider. You know, he asked for the $6 billion. He said, that's what you need to get to. Both groups got to that. You know, the NFL owners will have to vote on whoever Dan Snyder picks as the $6 billion bid. But you would think that Dan Snyder's days as owner of the commanders are going to be coming to an end quickly, which if you're the NFL, that's a very, very good thing because this guy is toxic and has lots of controversy Agreed. around him. Agree. And yeah. Washington is such an iconic brand and an iconic team too. It's a great market, great team, great history. So it's going to be good to move on to a new ownership. I mean, it's hard to bet against a Magic Johnson. You know, he's obviously uh, been in the business before with the Dodgers and other teams. So that's a good group. Uh, but $6 billion, I mean, as we say, NFL continues to rise in prices. And here we go. I mean, every single time you talk about a team sale, it goes up. Even like you mentioned, the Broncos wasn't that long ago. And all of a sudden we're already past that number big time. So it just continues to be the king of cash. Yeah, it is really amazing to see how these uh, real estate prices, so to speak, go up on these teams, especially the NFL teams. All right, next headline. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry has signed a new long-term extension with Under Armour that will extend beyond his playing days and into his retirement. Exact terms were not disclosed. But the new agreement could be one of the richest ever endorsement deals in sports. Once annual base pay, stock equity, royalties on signature products, and on-court incentive bonuses are tallied. Greg, this is very much like the Jordan brand. Yeah. So Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you know, they kind of have ownership over their name under the umbrella of Nike. This is going to be the same with Steph Curry under the umbrella of Under Armour. Um, and, you know, Tom Brady, I know, is an Under Armour guy, but like Steph Curry is really the only guy I can think of other than Michael Jordan, who has this kind of business with a sports and apparel company. Well, I mean, when you think Under Armour, you think Steph Curry. I mean, he is the face right. of Under Armour. I mean, I don't think anybody even really knew much about Under Armour until Steph came on the scene because uh, he really put it on the map, obviously sells a ton of shoes and he does great marketing with them. They're, they're a great team and uh, it'll be fun to see what they do for this long-term deal. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the closest thing to a Jordan brand. I think you're going to see Steph Curry shoes long after Steph is playing ball because he's just that kind of a player and he's iconic. And uh, yeah, he, he's synonymous with Under Armour now. He's the guy. Well, and he's done so many things outside of uh, basketball court, right? Like he's doing this golf tour. Like he, he has so many other things going on. I mean, you look at someone like Caitlin Clark, to be honest with you, like 
and influenced by Steph Curry. Like, so everyone talks about how Steph Curry has influenced the men's game. Look at the women's game. I mean, again, the 102 points in the final, Caitlin Clark for Iowa, like there's uh, imprints of Steph Curry throughout. So I think it's good that he's doing this lifetime extension because he is going to impact people for a very, very long time. All right, the last headline, and this is a huge one too. We've had Stephanie McMahon on this show. Well, her dad, Vince McMahon, just agreed to a $9.3 billion sale of WWE to Endeavor. Endeavor also owns Ultimate Fighting Championship, that's UFC. Now you've got this combined entity of $21.4 billion. It's going to be a new publicly traded company. They've got all kinds of branding and media rights and um, live event potential. WrestleMania just took place last weekend. 80,000 people at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, home of the Rams and the Chargers. So uh, this is an enormous deal. It actually, I think, makes the most sense for WWE to sell to Endeavor because you can combine WWE and UFC. There's a lot of synergy there. Um, so, you know, Vince McMahon had kind of looked for the right buyer and it seems like he found the right buyer. He's not going to be as involved, at least so they say going forward, it's really going to be Endeavor and Dana White from UFC who kind of be running things. But, uh, Greg's an interesting deal. Um, Nick Khan is going to be the president at WWE going forward. Um, Ari Emanuel, if you watch the show Entourage. Ari on the show, like this is the real life Ari Emanuel, <laughs> who's the Endeavor CEO. So I wonder where E and and Vince and Turtle are and <laughs> drama in in all of this. But uh, this is a huge, huge deal for sports business. Yeah, you know, I think WWE and wrestling kind of as a whole is the sleeping giant. I think they are getting crowds, they're getting viewership, they're getting TV deals. I think it's it's a growing sport. Uh, Dana White's obviously an iconic, you know, everybody knows who he is. He's always out and about. He's he's the face of UFC. So I think that marriage of them being under the same canopy is great because they keep growing. I mean, they're making money, like you said, 80000 for a live event. They do a really good live events. People come to those things. They sell a lot of tickets. There's a lot of merch. And I think they're going to continue to grow and make more money. So I, I like this deal a lot. All right. The last thing I want to say, uh, I just want to weigh in in this Lamar Jackson story. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is a generational quarterback. He's definitely one of the top five to eight quarterbacks in the NFL. The NFL draft is coming up in, in just a few weeks. Supposedly, uh, according to his own Twitter, he requested a trade from the Ravens back on March 2nd. And typically, if a quarterback of this ilk came on the market, there would be like a feeding frenzy to sign him and to give him money and oh my god we have a chance to get a generational quarterback like let's go out and get Lamar Jackson if it costs us two first round picks and a player like who cares this guy is a difference maker I think he's 45 and 16 as a starter like not many players have that kind of a a record as a starter but Griggs it's it's crickets Mm -hmm. and people are trying to understand like why in the world wouldn't there be a feeding frenzy here to acquire Lamar Jackson? Well, let me tell you why. And there's the C word that's been used out there, and it's, it's collusion. The owners don't want to set the president of guaranteed contracts. Uh, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, already did this with Deshaun Watson. And everyone's like, oh, that's an anomaly. You know, that was a silly deal. They had to overpay to get Deshaun Watson, even though he's going 
through, you know, many off the field things. But the owners have basically decided I'm not going to be the first guy to go give Lamar Jackson the fully guaranteed contract because then you've got to give a fully guaranteed contract to Joe Burrow and to Justin Herbert and to Jalen Hurts and to all the quarterbacks that are waiting for their turn for a new contract. And none of those team owners want to have to give the fully guaranteed contract and they want to be able to say, well, look, your contract is comparable to Lamar Jackson. Well, guess what? If Lamar Jackson has a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson, then you're going to have to give him a guaranteed contract because Lamar Jackson has a better resume and he's got a better resume than Deshaun Watson. But the Ravens are holding firm and it seems like the owners who, wink, wink, by the way, just had the owners meeting in Arizona, got into a room and said, no one at this table better give Lamar Jackson a guaranteed contract because if you do, then I'm going to have to give the same deal to my quarterback. That's what's going on here. If Deshaun Watson had never gotten a fully guaranteed contract, I think Lamar Jackson would either have a deal with the Ravens or he'd be on another team already because they would have been able to say, okay, we're going to acquire you and give the guaranteed contract. Now, I will say this. If there's any owner in the NFL who's going to say, through all the other owners, I'm giving him a fully guaranteed contract because we want him on our football team, it's probably Jim Irsay and the Indianapolis Colts. And by the way, they need a quarterback. By the way, they have the number four pick in the draft that they could send back to the Ravens who could draft a young quarterback or draft someone else. But this is absolutely ridiculous that someone of Lamar Jackson's caliber is on the market. He doesn't have the off the field issues that Deshaun Watson has, and he still can't find a team. So I hope someone gets smart and says, look, I don't care what the other owners think. This is what's best for my football team. And what's best for my football team is to have a 26-year-old MVP who's 45 and 16 as a starter, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, who's going to, I mean, he's like Michael Vick. He's going to sell tons of tickets and merchandise. He's electric on the football field. You can pencil your team into the playoffs, especially if you're in the NFC, because all the good quarterbacks are in the AFC. Now, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, there's not as many in the NFC anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But as the draft approaches, Greg, I'm not watching to see who the number one pick is. I don't really care who the picks are. I want to see what happens to Lamar Jackson because he's by far better than anyone who's coming out in this draft and is a difference maker and is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And if I was the owner of one of these teams, I'd sit up at the table at the owner's meeting and say, hey, everyone, I'm not going along with the C word. I'm trading for Lamar Jackson. See you in the Super Bowl. Well, especially in today's NFL game. I mean, the running quarterback, the scrambler I mean, is the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's the game. I mean, that's what that's how the football's played now in the NFL. It's not about a drop back and throw in three steps. It's a how can I run around and run for an 80 yard run and score the touchdown? So. It's baffling, but like we talk about always, with between these behind these big organizations, there's always the behind the curtain. You know, there's the people right. that are off the field that are running the show, and this is another example of what's running the show right now. Uh, you know, an iconic quarterback that's sitting there just twiddling his thumbs, waiting for a team to sign him. So it's crazy. I agree, crazy story. He, he's too good to be sitting there right now. He's too good to be sitting there, and again, doesn't have nearly the off the field problems of Deshaun Watson. So the only thing that makes sense, I mean, we talk about this on the show all the time. When something is obvious, <laughs> when it's logical, it's usually what the answer is. Yeah. 
I was not in the NFL meeting. I'm, you know, going to be very careful here. But like when it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Quack. And the fact that no one has traded for him yet, it's because no one wants to hand out that fully guaranteed contract. They don't want all the owners mad at them. They don't want to set the market for the other quarterbacks and know that like, okay, I guess we're in the fully guaranteed contract business, not just with quarterbacks, but you know, it's going to trickle to wide receivers, running backs, star defensive players. Like it's going to change the market and the NFL owners don't want to do that. They can say Deshaun Watson's an anomaly right now because he's the only one with a fully guaranteed contract. I think Kirk Cousins might have some form of a fully guaranteed contract too, but that's it. Like this isn't the NBA. This isn't Major League Baseball, the NHL, where the contracts are fully guaranteed no matter what. And the NFL owners do not want to change that dynamic. And they know if they hand out another one to a star player like Lamar Jackson, it's going to set the market. It's not fair to Lamar. And again, if I were one of these owners and I could get a generational player like Lamar, I'd be breaking the mold in two seconds and saying, I'm signing Lamar or I'm trading for Lamar. Um, but that's where we're at. All right. Coming up next, John Oran. He is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, the co-host of the Marshand and Oran Sports Media Podcast. We're going to dive into the world of sports media. So many deals going on and what might happen in the future with the Pac-12, the NBA and other entities. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is John Orand. He is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. He's the co-host of the Marchand and Orand Sports Media Podcast. I love that podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Orand underscore SBJ. He's joined us many times on Sports Business Radio. John, how are you? Doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for doing this. There's so many sports media topics that I've wanted to cover with you. And I've been uh, intensely listening to your podcast as well as you guys cover these. But let's start with the regional sports networks. Um, you know, you've got Valleys going bankrupt. What does this mean for the future of team broadcasts with these RSNs collapsing? We don't know yet. And, and that's why this is such a, a, a fascinating story to cover, uh, actually, Brian, because right now, you know, if you're a team and you are with the Bally Sports um, RSN, you know, they just went into bankruptcy. They have a lot of debt issues uh, and, and uh, it's not looking great for 
uh, we'll, we'll see if they come out of bankruptcy, but it, it, the, the mere fact they went into bank, bankruptcy is not looking great for the teams or, or, or those leagues. Similarly, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery owns four RSNs, uh, and, and including the one up in the Northwest, which has uh, the rights to your uh, your uh, Blazers. Uh, right, as well. exactly. And they're they're also having a lot of financial problems, and uh, they're they're looking. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery told all the teams they just want to get out uh, in, entirely. So you have those two, and you take a look at them, and we're like, wow, everything is really uh, just uh, going. Uh, going poorly for the, for the RSNs. But on the other side of the coin, NBC uh, Sports Group owns several RSNs on both coasts. They're uh, all of them, uh, the whole group is profitable and, uh, and looks to be profitable for the foreseeable future. I mean, my head's not in the sand as an officer. The, 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 the profits are, are on a downward slope. But they st- it still is a good business for Comcast and for N- uh, which owns N- NBC. And then you have the, the team-owned RSNs. Yes, Network is doing great. Uh, the Dodgers Network down in uh, Southern California, it's doing great. The Cubs launching network, the Red Sox. So the idea that that uh, the entire system is is going uh, to, to blow up, and we're going to be all, and that everybody's going to be watching their local games completely differently this season or even within 12 months is not going to happen. But there, there are like big fissures with companies that are that have uh, financial uh, troubles, partly due to the media market, but partly due to the companies themselves. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, it used to be the teams counted on that money every year, right? Like, oh, this is the gravy, the RSN, you know, it was a lot of money. You could bank on it. You'd go with the highest bidder. But now, like you said, a lot of these teams, the Yankees and others are, are bringing this in-house. And you wonder at what point, you know, do the leagues either bring this in-house and it's all streaming or uh, do the teams themselves bring it in-house and just control everything without depending on the RSNs? I think it depends on the league. Uh, but right now what baseball is trying to do, because the NBA wants to work with Diamond and try to uh, prop up these, because uh, like you said, it's a great, what a great business. It, the teams could write in like seven right. to ten percent increases every single year. Yep. Do nothing but except for you know play, play the games. Uh, at the baseball is trying to get it back. It's trying to get it back at a league level, and, and then sort of uh, go to market with. You would just be watching local games differently. So you know, I live in the uh, DC market. Uh, I'm a big Orioles fan, uh, which uh, they they play in the DC market, and the the idea is that. I would be able to watch the Orioles or the Nationals or even the Red Sox or Yankees or or Mariners in D.C. as part of a, a local like uh, extra innings uh, subscription that has no blackouts what, what whatsoever. So that's one way that they're uh, looking forward. But what everybody's really looking at is the MLS deal that they just did with Apple just took all of the national rights. It took all of the local rights, international rights, everything and went and did it as one really big package. And what the NBA is really trying to do is that they're trying to prop up the Bally's and the RSNs for at least two more years because that's when their national rights come up and that's when they think that they could go to the market with, with something big to where ESPN wants to renew their deal. It's like, okay, but you have to pay us extra 
you, ha- you get the rights to the local teams and you go to ESPN plus and pull down, drop down menu. I want to see the Blazers. And, uh, and, and, you know, you have to, you either pay by the season or by the game or that, that hasn't been set up, but that could be a cost of doing business with the NBA, which could replicate in a little way that the money that they're making from the local rights fees, but that's, that, that's, that's still, uh, we're still a long way from that. That's still to be determined. What did you think of that MLS deal? Because, you know, look, on the headline is it's a long-term deal and it was a lot of money. But I've always been one on this show who talks about how much the market changes. And I thought to tie yourself into, what was it, a 10-year deal, who knows what the world's going to look like 10 years from now if you look at the increasing ways that rights fees have gone up, signing that deal today, like, Apple got that for the cheap compared to what rights fees may cost 10 years from now. That was my take. What was your take? You know, I, I actually have a little bit of a different take. I like the, I, I liked the deal for, for MLS. There is a lot of risk there because they're, they're the first one to go really sort of go all right. in Apple. But to me, it was an acceptable level of risk that they, they're trying to grow their sport. And if you take a look at their TV ratings and their TV viewership, you know, over the past two decades, it's been kind of a flat line. Like it's, it's not a very good TV sport. Uh, could it be a, a good uh, streaming sport where you, you just kind of are watching it on your iPad or your iPhone? You know, I think that that's, it's an acceptable risk to try to grow the, the, their media brand somewhere uh, that, then, uh, that, that, that wasn't working on, on television. And w- one other point about, uh, about the MLS too is, um, they got the money that they, that they wanted. Right. Uh, and I, I think that, that that was that was important to them because uh, you, you talked about rights fees are going up. Uh, they're not going up for everybody. They're going right. up for the NFL and the NBA and top tier teams, leagues, conferences. But there, there, there's a there's a dividing line between the haves and the have nots and the have nots are actually seeing the rights roll back a lot. So if you're if you fall below that line. And it appeared that as far as a TV sport, MLS fell below that line. Then that's, you know, that that's where you're starting to see some of the cord cutting and some of the um, stresses that the that the business is finding uh, uh, with uh, uh, MLS. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. There's nothing common about you. Now, your talent, your drive, your achievements or even your challenges. You need distinctive financial strategies that match your lifestyle and career trajectory. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment was created to address your specific needs at every stage of your career and deliver the financial education and strategies you need to help advance your game plan. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash GSE. That's morganstanley.com backslash GSE. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Let's talk about the NBA. So a couple of years ago, NFL signs an 11-year, $110 billion rights deal with all the networks. I mean, just enormous deal. We've never seen anything like it. Well, now here comes the NBA. And... You know, I wouldn't expect that they're going to match what the NFL did, but they're going to do pretty well. And it's going to infuse even more money into the league. Do you think the incumbents, which are Disney and 
Warner Brothers Discovery have the inside track? Do you think someone else might sneak in there? And then also, look, they just announced uh, over the weekend that there's a new collective bargaining agreement. There's going to be this new in-season tournament. I wonder if they kind of form that out to someone or do they say, hey, this is a, a new piece of inventory that we can monetize as we go to the table for the media rights? I think you know the answer to that question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very well. The NBA can make money off this in-season tournament, or just right. for I, I think they'll. I think they have a. They'll have a pretty hefty price tag on that right. uh, tournament. I, I I think that ESPN and uh, like they haven't really even started the negotiations yet. Uh, I mean, they they've started talking. Uh, incumbents always have um, uh, an an advantage. I uh, and ESPN really wants to keep it and they have the power of Disney behind it. They have great relations between Disney ESPN and Adam Silver and the NBA. They have great relationships. I find it very difficult to see the NBA finals going anywhere, but ABC uh, and, and ESPN and a, a pretty significant package of, of regular season and playoff games going to, to, to them as well. And Turner, on the other hand, it's, they're a little bit different. They have a, a long relationship with the NBA, um, uh, the, you know, going back to the 1980s, for goodness sakes. Uh, and, and I think Adam Silver has been with the NBA for a long time. I think I don't think he wants to. I, I think he values uh, that continuity uh, with, with, with Turner. The, the question is, and this goes back to what we were talking about with, with the regional sports networks, is there PBS and TNT are cable channels and there's been a lot of cord cutting and whereas you know when they first did the deal that they're currently under they were in over 90 million homes you know in two years potentially they could be in 60 million homes and so at what point and then by the end of, of the contract that they do maybe it goes down to 40 maybe go like n nobody quite knows and i think that that's that's an area where uh you're i think you're going to see the nba really uh look out the other thing about the, this deal that, that's going to be really interesting and um, and, and some of the stresses that will be on the incumbents is that the NBA hasn't gone to the open market in more than 20 years since like the you know, early 2000s. And you have uh, NBC chomping at the bit to get in there. And within NBC, you have Mark Lazarus, who, who has a long relation. He was with Turner. Uh, for a long time. He's a senior executive at NBC. He wants to get the NBA. And NBC has been very clear about wanting to get the NBA. Um, Fox has, you know, made some noise here and there about wanting to get in uh, uh, to, to see it. And then Amazon and Apple. And this is the the NFL is done until 2031, 2032. That's when the, the rights deals go. The major college footballs or uh, packages go until to the end of the decade or early 2030s. This is the last really big rights package left. And I think that there's going to be a lot of activity around there. Uh, and uh, the, the, the question is going to be, how much does loyalty uh, come into the uh, what, what the NBA does versus hard dollars and cents? How much will they trust going to a streaming platform like Amazon or, or Apple versus you know, traditional media companies that also have their own streaming platforms as well. And, um, and, uh, it, it's, I always describe it, Brian, it's like buying a house. If you have more than one bidder, the prices are going to go up. So I, I'm loath to make a prediction because who knows uh, what, what it's going to be, but I do know that 
there are a lot of bidders that are going around that want a piece of the NBA and uh, the, the NBA is sitting really, really pretty right now. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And I think it's interesting. Look, ESPN's laying people off. Um, it seems like ESPN has money when they need it to pay, you know, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and, and the Manning brothers. But then, you know, you read, oh, they're laying off, you know, hundreds of, of people. So they always seem to come up with the money when they need it. But I've heard, too, that NBC is lurking. And, you know, bring back that John Tech music and the, and the <laughs> opening theme that I listened to uh, when I was younger. That was that was great. Um, and then, you know, look, I think one of the best parts about the NBA is the NBA on TNT studio show. Right. Like who doesn't love that? It's won so many awards. They just signed those guys to like decade, decade long deals. So, you know, you wonder. Gosh, if, if uh, Warner Brothers Discovery didn't maintain the NBA, they've already put that money up front there with those guys, supposedly. That would just be odd. The thing about those contracts, I'm told, is that uh, they all have outs okay. uh, in them in case the uh, Turner doesn't renew the, the, the NBA. So that, that, that would be something that potentially they could replicate elsewhere. That, that's, a, that's such a fascinating show to me because it's not a... Um, to me, it's not a pregame show, right? At all, it's yeah. it's uh, and it's not even as an NBA show. It's it's an entertainment show, and and they're goofy and and <laughs> and funny, and what and poignant, and they have good analysis, and it's just like every now and then they talk about the game that's act, that's actually going, you know, the, right. that they're carrying, but more often than not, they're just kind of talking about whatever interests them in a really engaging way. It's, it's, I mean, I think it's a really, really good entertainment show. Yeah. Don, have you had a chance, I'm sure, to watch the alternate broadcast, like the Manning brothers, I watched Bird and Tarasi uh, this weekend, they bring on guests. It's a different way to watch a game. What do you think of these alternate broadcasts? Uh, you know, I am a big fan of watching Monday Night Football with the Mannings, because I learned something and I find them, this is like what we were just talking about with inside the NBA. They're just entertaining. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, especially if I'm, if I don't care a lot about the game, it's a fun way for me to sit, kind of sit with the Mannings and what, as they watch the game and, and, and talk to, you know, whatever guests that they bring in. Um, I think Bird and Tarasi are, are very similar. It's sort of like a really unique way uh, to watch the game uh, with them because they, they do more than just sort of, you know, do X's and O's. And uh, th those, the thing though about these alternate broadcasts, because they've been doing them forever, as you know, like, a, you know, the coaches show or, you know, the, the fans show. And right. They, uh, in terms of viewership, you know, it get, even the Manning cast, because ma the, the, uh, the Mannings get uh, a ton of press because people like me watch them all, all the time, but they don't bring in the viewers. They bring in like, one tenth of the viewers like uh, that that uh, Monday Night Football does. So you know, part the, the the question is whether they're bringing in new viewers that wouldn't be watching Monday Night Football, or whether they're 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 bringing they're just siphoning viewers like me that would have been watching Monday Night Football. One thing is, I'll stay I'll stay longer with the Mannings in a bad game, uh, just because I'm finding them entertaining that, that than I would have if, if it was just on uh, ESPN. So m maybe it's worth it in that sense. But I, uh, th this is something that you're going to see um, moving forward a lot more. And it's, and the ones that are going to be successful, 
are the ones that are that are going to be really star driven. I mean, Peyton Manning is a he's a bona fide TV star, don't you think? I do, and I got to tell you, I'm surprised by Eli. He's really good too. Like I did not know Eli was as funny as he is, personable. Um, he's one of the few people that could probably give it back to his brother, and and you know, there's not a, a side eye. Like you know, they they have that good relationship, much like Bird and Tarasi do too. Yeah, the Eli was a, a pleasant surprise uh, for me as well because I, I already knew Peyton was a, a big TV right. star, but Eli kind of like he he, he uh, he's become almost a star of that show for goodness sakes. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. Five G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, at NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. All right, a few more topics. Uh, I'm out here on the West Coast. Everyone wants to know what in the world is going on with the Pac-12 media rights. Um, You know, there's people out here talking about if they don't get a good media rights deal, the conference may go away or certainly not look like it does right now. What are you hearing? Yeah, so I'm loath to make a prediction because, like, I, uh, if you make a prediction, like, something, you know, the, the, all, all it takes is one one person to say, "All right, let's let's do it and let, let's right. get it." Uh, but what I can tell you is that the uh, the market among television uh, networks uh, is, is really appears to be drying up for for the Pac-12. Uh, CBS was interested at one point in may, maybe doing a game a week, and uh, and. Uh, that they're they're uh, I've been told they're not as interested. Um, uh, NB, uh, NBC hasn't re- really shown any interest uh, whatsoever. Uh, Fox has shown like they're still around in case the the uh, money gets down so low that they mm-hmm. can get it. And ESPN, uh, you mentioned the cost cutting earlier. We, we mentioned that line that MLS fell behind. Uh, it appears that the pack ESPN views the Pac-12. As uh, as falling below that line, they're they're already uh, in bed with the SEC and um, with the Big Twelve and uh, and then every other college conference that's, that's out there, uh, pr- pretty much. Uh, and I, th- there was a good deal. There was a good television deal to be had 
before the Big 12 did their deal, but the Big 12's deal actually took some money out of the pocket. And uh, thank you for plugging the podcast. Uh, my, my podcast, we had um, an, uh, Nick Khan, uh, former yep. CAA agent who uh, is now, he now runs WWE and he knows he's inside and knows everything that, that, that's going on with this. And um, he, he suggested that the, what the Pac-12 should do is uh, basically kind of put their tail between the legs, go to ESPN, cut a short-term deal for not nearly as much money as, as they were expecting or had promised that their schools wait for the, I mean, we're in the, we're either in a recession or not, but the economy's not great. Uh, media companies are laying people off. If you, they come back in three years, rights will always, sports rights will always have some value. So his advice to the, to the conference was to a, a short-term deal, regroup and come back into the market in, in, in three years with the, you know, w with a little bit more leverage than they have right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, John, uh, Endeavor is acquiring WWE. Endeavor also owns UFC. What does this mean? I mean, you were just talking about Nick Khan. He's in the mix with WWE. What does this mean for the landscape? Uh, so uh, expect a lot of uh, sharing of um, possibly talent, certainly resources as UFC and WWE, they're going to each be their own distinct companies, but they're going to work side by side with each other. So Dana White will have much more of a say and, uh, or much more influence over a WWE, uh, certainly than, than, than he does right now. Um, one thing about the WWE that that's interesting to me is that they, they do really, really well, uh, in terms of media rights, um, that they have deals with. Comcast, NBC, uh, and, um, and, uh, who's the other one? Oh, and, and with Fox, um, and, and, uh, and they've, they've done a really good job with that at the WrestleMania just, um, was last weekend sold out SoFi, uh, arena down in uh, Los Angeles. They do really well at the gate. What, um, what, uh, Endeavor can bring to them though, is marketing is uh, uh selling sponsorships around things this is this is what they do so in terms of growth being associated with endeavor really uh the executives believe will turbocharge wwe and and everything around it uh and 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 um and there there's they believe that there's a huge room for growth including in the rights rights deal because they just uh reopened the the negotiations and and their you know their deal's about to end and they're they're in the market now, trying to get more money out of these networks. So, uh, which is another problem, by the way, for the Pac-12 because there are all these other like like WWE Raw is a most viewed uh, show on cable television. Believe it or not, other than uh, if you consider Monday Night Football, but you know, but uh, it's uh, it, it gets reliable ratings. People want to get this, and there 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 is a sense that. Uh, the Big 12, WWE, UFC is coming up too. They're all taking some money out of the market. All right, just a couple more questions before I let you go. Pickleball. I love playing pickleball. I don't love watching it on TV. I did like the pickleball slam this past weekend with Agassi and McEnroe and Roddick and Michael Chang. But short of that, like I'd rather play it than watch it. But we're seeing pickleball make deals. Do you think it it translates to TV? 
I'm not a I'm not a fan of it as a as a TV sport. I will say this: a lot of big names are associated with pickleball, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, big time private uh, equity uh, money is involved with pickleball. So they're making a big bet on uh, on this as sort of the next thing, and that's always the the, the killer. Uh, you know, you look at uh, back in the you know, like seventies and eighties when I was a kid playing soccer, all the kids were playing soccer. It's like, oh, well, they're playing soccer, so they're going to watch soccer. Right. And what what did it take? It took decades for that to uh, to take hold. So it uh, it's all it's usually a folly where you get something as popular of of a participation sport as pickleball and say like, oh, that'll it's so popular it'll translate into a TV sport. Uh, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Well, yeah. it usually doesn't happen. <laughs> right. All right. Last question. Um, Apple has MLS, as we discussed earlier. They've got MLB head lasso, huge. So they've they've got, you know, kind of a sports entertainment audience. They have more money than anyone. Do they buy more sports in the future? What do you think they do? Because it seems like they're just kind of, you know, shortly getting into the game a little bit, dipping their toe in the water, but they've got all this cash on hand that they could go to market with if they want. You know, Apple's is so interesting because I used to view them that way too. Like they have the, they have deeper pockets than anybody, right. you know, Amazon does too. Uh, but you know, at some point, you know, they're, they're, they're a for-profit company at some point, like they're not going to do deals to lose money on them. And so the, yeah, they they have enough money to buy and sell the NBA a couple of times over. Right. But if if they if they double the bid that Disney ESPN is going to get, are they prepared? Are they prepared to lose that money? And like like at, at what point does? And then if you're the NBA, do you want to actually do that? Because you know the next time the rights come up, you know that you know all of a sudden the leverage will have changed a little bit because you'll you'll certainly have a weakened you know, uh, uh, TV networks uh, as well. The NBA deal is the one that I'm really watching uh, with with Apple um, to, to see how serious they are. Even with the MLS deal, it's a lot of money for MLS. I think $250 million, uh, uh, per year. Uh, that's, you know, an, is that even an episode of Ted Lasso? It's probably even <laughs> less than, it's not a lot to Apple. And it still feels with the baseball, with the soccer, that they're just testing this to see if this is if sports is really or live programming is really an area where they where they want to go. Um, so the next big one is is the NBA. Apple doesn't have to get it, but I'm going to be really curious to see if they get engaged in, in terms of uh, of actually wanting it. Don Oran, media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, listen to him and Andrew Marshawn on the Sports Media Podcast. It's fantastic. Follow John on Twitter at Orion underscore SBJ. John, I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. I always appreciate the invite, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Your fantasy leagues might be over, but you can still play fantasy sports games on Underdog Fantasy. I love playing Pick'em and Rivals. With Pick'em, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win 20 times your money in a single night. You pick between two and five players to build a Pick'em entry. Also, Rivals pits two players against each other. That's a lot of fun, too. It could be two players on the same team. It could be 
two players from other teams, points, rebounds, fantasy points. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that with NBA games, especially right now. Sign up today with promo code SBR and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code SBR, like Sports Business Radio, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.